Hong Kong Life. You're listening to this Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the authentic voices of our local youth, sharing their thoughts and feelings of growing up and living in the city we call home. Welcome to season seven. Very often, when we look at something, we are merely taking in the tip of an iceberg. There is always more, much, much more, to what we can see. I'm Renee, the youth host of this Hong Kong Life. I will talk to other young people like me and discover what's under the surface. So, hello guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we have Mel and Vivian from the Unlabeling Effect here, and today we're going to surround the topic of emotional baggage. Hello. Hi. Thank you, Renee, and thank you, the Kelly Support Group, for having us here. So we are the Unlabeling Effect. We are like a mental wellness podcast uh, where Vivian, Risha, and myself open up uncomfortable conversations, especially on mental wellness, mm-hmm. um, in the hope to create more of a supportive and empowering community. And I feel like at the end of the day, when I view self worth, mm-hmm. it's like. Who I am, what I'm actually doing—is this making me happy or mm. not? Like, and I feel like I'm more of like a worthy person when I'm surrounded by people. Like, mm. I'm extremely like all my friends see me as an extremely introverted person. Mm. So then, like, when there's more people around me, I feel like yeah, I'm worth living. Like, it's worth living. Yeah. <laughs> living my life. Yeah, somehow like that. It's a bit like how we really influence like people around us because、mm. the more people you have around you, you feel more alive, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But on the flip side of this, like one thing that I found is sometimes, or sometimes when you heavily rely on people's validation、mm-hmm. or reassurance, like it would scare me. If what if like one day, for example, you have to be forced to. Live alone, or,、yeah. or, or you know, be you, iso- be isolated、mm-hmm. for whatever reason that is, and then you have no more outside world validation, or、yeah. or you know, like your self worth will be like Titanic, like no, yeah, no like, anchor, <laughs> it will drop. Like that's why、yeah. I think that's something that we still struggle sometimes.、Yeah. We're slowly building that because we realize how important it is.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's why it's it's great to have a conversation, you know, with. People like your age to understand like where you stand right now, and and we can exchange ideas and you yeah, know definitely you can because Renee mentioned like who are you happy with who you are right yeah then who who are you like if I asked you you have to identify yourself I am X I am Y like what's that what how would you complete that sentence do you have like some adjectives that you can you, you know show、like, yourself. Talkative.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a special trait. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think it's very precious that you have that 
you know, awareness that who yeah. you are. Because if you ask like the chubby me or the skinny you, like I won't think that I can, I'll be able to say like, oh, I am kind. I guess you know. You know, I remember when I was in school, like when I was when I was still in Hong Kong, I used to dress. In a very outstanding way, I think mm-hmm. it was my insecurity as a kid, like acting out, so that I would Aww. constantly have my dress like so short. I would have like a massive like bun, bun, like <laughs> you know. It's just like how you know. I think looking back, it's like my younger me, like trying to act so confidently, I so that I can like, prove to people. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and. It's, it's like a very interesting journey to look back. What kind of emotional baggage that you've been through or are going through, you think? Now? Mel? Yeah. It's we all have like so many. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's more like the future. Mm-hmm. It's not really like from the past, but I think past experiences had caused me to realize the fear that I have, which is like um, the fear of losing someone. like that I love because mm-hmm. um, my mom has been unwell mm-hmm. so I think that really had triggered me to really forcing me to face like the fear that I've always been suppressing mm-hmm. like even like in the past when my parents had episodes of cancer or um, health issues like I would be so scared mm-hmm. But I remember the first time when I had like this kind of feeling mm-hmm. was when I was really young because that was like back in 2000. 2000. Yeah, and um, oh I, I think I was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think at that point I just didn't know what it was. Oh. I just didn't know. Like I think the fear. Mm-hmm. It was just something was wrong in the family. Yeah. But I wasn't sure what. Didn't know how to help. Just there. Just being there. You're just a clueless. Yeah. Kid back then. Um, and then, and then, I think as like different events of like my parents like feeling unwell or you know different cancerous episode, um, I was learning to understand or acknowledge my fear. Mm-hmm. But it was so every time it was really lucky that it wasn't there was no like a consequence of death. Mm-hmm. So I never had to face that, mm-hmm. you know. But then now I feel like with with the most recent. Um, I guess encounter or the most recent Diagnose. yeah um this is like a scary one that i'm currently still facing mm-hmm. and this time i don't want to suppress because i want to be able to learn how to cope with it mm-hmm. but to be honest i have not figured out a way to cope but i'm like this time is the first time i'm being present with it and really like trying to experience the fear but mm-hmm. not hiding any sadness or any you know i think this is like a slightly more grown-up me Mm. learning how to cope this emotional baggage that i've been having Mm. for years but never really addressed it yeah and one thing that i think is important is sometimes people feel like if something bad happens Mm. your life would have to crumble yeah but i don't i don't i don't think that's the right association i don't either and this time i really want to prove it to myself that even if bad things happen, I could still have my life balanced. Mm. But it's just that I need to work harder on certain aspects of my life. So, because it's a challenging time. Mm. But I want to prove to myself that this can be done. Because I feel like there's so many like social stigmas or stories or movies that 
kind of presents you the image that okay, if something oh, that's like so big that occupies so much of your time and effort or energy, everything else in your life has to be put aside. Yeah. Yes, in a certain way, but mm-hmm. I don't want that mean. I don't want that to be a pause on or or, or bringing that sadness. To other aspects of my life, but since like we talked about you opening a baggage, mm. let me share an example where I actually closed that baggage and I put it like mm. down. Um, it's my, I would say, it's my relationship with my mom, mm. and I think how I spotted it, it's very much like you guys. Like I constantly get triggered by her with no apparent reason because she has been so lovely to me. And I never understood why. Like, why am I so impatient with her? Why am I so rude to her? And sometimes when I said something, the next second I would be like, "Oh my God! Like, who are you? Like, are you like a monster? Why would you say something like that?" And then um, thank you to like my therapist. Like, I said something in a session. I was like, sometimes I feel like it's so unfair to my mom. And then he paused me, and he's like, "And who said that?" Like who can determine what's fair? Mm-hmm. So that made me really realize that this resentment or this evil me is valid. Like she has, she had a point. And then I asked my therapist, "How am I gonna handle this? I don't want to have this relationship with my mom because I've been trying for maybe like ten-ish years since um, my parents divorced. I've always wanted to rekindle this relationship, but it always failed." So he was like, um, "Emotional baggage or trauma—they're really like uh, mold. You need to expose them." So I tried a few times to really schedule like. Drink slash dinner dates, and then every time <laughs> it would just end up like two women in a bar, like crying. <laughs> Poor waiters. Um, and it it didn't get soft like one time. I think we went for like three, four times, and then. And I'm not always right. I'm always like guessing scenarios. Maybe because of this. Maybe because of that. And then we talked about it. And I think now, like I really. I don't. I don't feel that resentment anymore, yeah. and that is through constant try and my therapist, <laughs> and also like my support, the support that I got from my mom too. Because if she wasn't open to talk it out with me, like it will still be there, yeah. and I will have to learn how to live with that baggage yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, but this is a really nice example to like a baggage that yeah. I really like put down, and yeah. I understand like. Where we're coming from, because mm-hmm. of the stories, the different stories that we have in our heads, mm-hmm. and then now they're finally aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, like, I would ask Mel, like, have you ever considered, like, openly discuss this fear with your parents? And I think you did, right? You I tried. Did. I did, but I think I'm now at a stage where I know that they are going through a lot. Because this is like a very sensitive time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on themselves as well. My dad and my mom. So I just think. I would want to play a role that I can be there to support them. I don't necessarily want to explain to them my fear of losing them because they know that I love them so much that even when they cough or even when they like yeah. you know 
act differently a day, like that worries me so much. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not the priority, like in life right now, mm-hmm. to to communicate with them about my fear of losing them. Yeah. Um, but I think the best way I want to do it is to make sure, like. I stay positive with everything else I could, and then make sure I have my support system in place. Mm. Like when you mentioned about um, you having your therapist, I know that you journal a lot, mm-hmm. and I think like you have your way of supporting yourself, you know, yeah. mentally. And like I wonder with Renee's like age, or at least mm-hmm. like with your habit, because you're also very busy, yeah. you know, with sports, with school, with fam. Like you are actually yeah. pretty full on as well. Yeah. Do you have like a support system that you feel like you can always. I do. Yeah. Sometimes like people might think I'm delusional, but I talk to my dog, and I feel like my dog actually understands me so much. Like, even though she's at like quite like a young age, mm-hmm. she's like only like two. But then like I feel like my dog is like <laughs> a two person because she sleeps next to me at night, and I feel like these like intrusive thoughts only comes at night most of the time. Mm, like, yeah, true. But then throughout the daytime, the first thing I do is like I run to my two closest friends. Mm. Like I'll just be like, "You guys, I need help." Yeah. <laughs> Moving around the world since like a young age, mm. so I do not really have like a lot of close friends until mm. I settled down in Hong Kong because mm-hmm. obviously when I was a kid I wouldn't keep in contact with people I met when I was like three or four or five mm. or six, right? So then I feel like those two close friends, they mean so much to me and they are my support system. Mm. And like, I feel like the three of us like, well we do, do not tell each other necessarily everything but then I feel like without them I feel like my emotions will be more messed up. Mm. Like and like my dog, even though I don't know if she understands anything I say. Yeah. But then, yeah. You like, feel like I feel like she's listening. Like mm. when she stares at me, she's like part of my support system. Mm. And I wouldn't say like, and one of my support systems actually like with like my teachers as well. Like I mm. do share my problem with like mm. one or two of them, mm. and they really do understand mm. what I'm going through. Mm. Yeah. And like, for example, if any of your peers, if they need any mental support, um, do you think your school has provided like a like a space for people to release some mental concerns, or do they have therapists, or do they have any support in place so that, especially with academic stress, you know, I'm sure so many kids are. Or teenagers or like young adults are experiencing, you know, like has the school done much to to really give you that support? Yeah, the school actually has, but I do not think it's the most effective way. Mm. Even that they have to consider if we, if everyone like Mm. has to even have time to Mm. go to like therapy or counseling Mm. session, like Mm. they do. But then I feel like there's not enough promotion Mm. of what people should do when they face these problems. Was it easy in school to ask for that? Yeah, it was easy. Just walk into like the counseling office. Yeah, that's all. Oh, okay. But then like, I really do feel like people do not acknowledge 
that much they actually need this sort mm. of help. Mm. So you mean like promoting mental health, or yeah. it's like sports, right? People, yeah, yeah, yeah. People promote sports because it's fun. Yeah. It's you know, as a team sports, but with mental health, it's also a sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, gym for a mind. Gym for yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like um, with certain mindsets that you have? Um, do you think about the future much, or fear of like you growing up, or you know? I heard last yeah. time that you said you're moving uh, soon. Yeah, I'm moving pretty soon. So like, yeah, I actually do. Cause honestly, most of my life mm. that I've built, like friends, like social life, is in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. But then, since like I'm at this age where I'm going to university soon, and I feel like leaving my friends and life behind here in Hong Kong and my family moving away as well. I feel like yeah, I do have like a fear for the future. Actually, like I do not know what is gonna happen. How much am I gonna miss my family or my dog or my friends in Hong mm-hmm. Kong? Because most of them are also leaving to another country mm-hmm. for university. Is it possible for me to keep seeing them? And will I even like slowly forget? How happy I was with these friends when I meet new people in university. Like, mm-hmm. and I also have this fear, like, oh, will I be able to fit in in a new country, mm-hmm. new community, and like a whole new environment? Mm-hmm. Since like high school and university is a pretty big transition. Yeah, yeah. And I've actually have I actually have this fear because when I was younger, when I first like moved here, I went to like a local school. Mm-hmm. Where I did not obviously did not speak really good Chinese or not really like understand how to read or write Chinese in a way, so that I actually struggled a lot for like two months. Mm. So like I have this fear like what if people exclude me for mm. my background or mm. who I am? Mm. Like that's also one of my concerns. This mm. fear. That's mm. like the sense of belonging that it's not only in yeah. school like you know yeah. like as you grow up and as i grow up like since i switched to an international mm. school that's where the sense of belonging builds because mm. everyone can sort of like resonate and it's more diverse yeah you know people are more welcoming but i feel like it is a label in a sense because um or maybe it's a cultural exposure you know like when you expose yourself to more of a multicultural environment people don't have that judgy mindset yeah yeah but at the same time like i think there is also sometimes victim mentality mixed in there. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a mix of everything. Like, mm. I guess, like, a local school versus you, like, coming abroad. And obviously, there's a cultural barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as kids, like, sometimes people could be really rude. And yeah. they don't even... We don't, men, they didn't don't mean harm. But I do feel like just now when you mentioned about the fear of, like, or the sense of belonging, it's interesting because even when we get a new job... Hmm. If we do something new in life, like you still get you still get that sense of fear of yeah. oh, am I gonna like belong? Like, do I fit in yeah. here? Like, it's every like uncertainties. Uncertainties. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I think, I mean, have you planned on how to maybe face that at some point, or I don't know, like what what you, what's your view on that? Would you okay. let the fear take over you and just go with the flow, or do you think you will? Honestly, I'll go with the flow. Cause mm. Still today, I'm still not sure which part of the earth I'm gonna end up in in a few months. Mm. Actually, mm. like so, I feel like I cannot really 
do mm. anything mm. until the moment I know mm. where I'm gonna settle in mm. in a few months. Mm. And I feel like honestly leaving my friends behind in Hong Kong mm. is one of the hardest part because like they're I know it's weird to say this but then I see them as like family somehow mm -hmm. and sometimes like I even spend more time with them than mm -hmm. my family like, yeah so yeah that's like how my plan because I, <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing till this point so I still have to see yeah I remember when it used to be so hard for us to like say bye when every time oh, yeah. when I came back from the uh when I, I, I thought it was easy for you you would just say bye and I'm the one like, what? No, that's what I was going to say. Like, when I um, went to boarding school when I was like 13, they oh, used to, no. the first few years, like Rita and Vivian, they would always, without missing ones, to send me to the airport. Um, but then I was just like, bye. And they would just like cry. Oh, no. I think it's because I was the one leaving, you know? So I was yeah. like, okay, they're going to be here when I come back. Anyway. And we would pick you up. Like, and they would with, pick me up with a matcha latte. With a matcha latte in <laughs> yeah. every year. And then <laughs> I think, tradition. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember, I, I think it was like towards a certain age, they're like, you know what? We'll see you at your place. <laughs> We're not going to go all the way to the airport. Yeah. And then that ev that it, like evolved to, okay, uh, we'll schedule a day this week when you come. <laughs> Maybe one week after you land. It's like so... You're so used to it, like eventually, you yeah. know. It's, it's a departure. It's a fear of departure, right? Yeah. Now you're so you feel you feel like you might miss them, but actually, like you'll get used to it. And be like, you know what? It's just taking a bus. It's a bit like, you know. It's I so actually quick. can relate a lot because I actually did leave Hong Kong mm -hmm. for a bit, and then my friends were like, ah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving the city. Yeah, I'm getting out of the city. <laughs> I'm going somewhere else. Somewhere nice. <laughs> I'm like exploring the world, and I, like I did not that until when I was like yeah 13 or 14 mm -hmm. most of my like I went to another school like most of my friends they're all like leaving for America or mm. Canada or the UK or some a lot is moving to like my home country mm. like and I'm like wow and why am I still here and then I'm like oh no everyone's leaving and people like these people they leave and they never come back and I'm mm. like Wow, is that like still a part of my concern? Or am I no longer relevant? Yeah, that's all I think of. Yeah. I think there are two parts to this. Like, first of all, you need to be okay with mm -hmm. all the uncertainties because yeah. life is gonna have like more and more uncertainties like yeah. when you grow older but then like sometimes I would imagine myself like expanding as a bubble mm -hmm. like even though I have one emotional baggage I can actually handle like a lot like you said like my life doesn't have to crumble down or lean into that fear mm -hmm. and I also think that the second part is like the self-worth thing right mm -hmm. what if everybody in my support system left me yeah actually i'll still be okay you know like yeah. it's it's like it's not it's never it's never what's the saying it's never as bad as you think it will yeah. be and it's never going to be as good as you, as you think it yeah. will be so actually we're more stable than we 
than we imagine, but mm-hmm. our but our worries, our minds, our emotional baggage shadow yes. will just like go whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But actually, in reality, you're just like this. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think it's normal and it's a good thing to have ups and downs yeah. because when you're high, you understand how grateful you are, and then when you're at a low point, mm-hmm. you realize that you've gone, like you've been. At yeah. a certain place, sure. you know you can get there. You know, I think it's like being grateful and just mm. be more grounded. It's yeah. something that I think it's something that people can't take away from me, and I don't need yeah. people's reassurance. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. Like sometimes I think about like people in third world mm. countries and how like privileged mm. I am to be in such a beautiful city, mm. like living a life with. Barely any worries, actually, like like concerns, mm. and I feel like I don't have to worry about hunger. I don't mm. have to worry about starvation, mm. poverty, um, natural disasters. I feel like yeah, I'm like really, really grateful for mm. what what mm. I'm and what I'm given. In my yeah, life. yeah. And then, but and day-to-day life we always struggle into all those small little things yeah that's true and i feel like that's not always necessary mm. necessary yeah. well towards like the end of the episode since we're called the unlabeling effect usually in each episode we'll ask um the people who join us to share one thing that they want to unlabel um so for myself people know that I have family elsewhere in the world, mm-hmm. and I just have sports to care about. So they should just be like, "Oh yeah, you're not going to school." Yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to get labeled mm-hmm. from that. Like people mm-hmm. think that I'm actually going school for fun. Sometimes, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a youth, I think we should be unlabeled from actually who we will be. Like. People are having high hopes about how, like, if you don't do this and don't do that, you're mm-hmm. gonna end up nowhere. I mm-hmm. feel like you should be labeled of like who they will be in the future instead of focusing on developing who they want to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. instead That's of like, the norms. Mm-hmm. So like embrace who they are. Yeah, really. instead of like going for like what the society wants them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Renee and the Kelly Support Group. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you for listening. This Hong Kong Live is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you like the show, please subscribe and get new episodes every week. We would love to hear from you. Nominate yourself or friend to share next. Drop us a note at. HKLIFE at KELY dot ORG. See you next time.